Jones and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. This felt like a Kevin Pelton kind of a day. Going into the All-Star break, Suns getting Kevin Durant. Maybe they're getting Kevin Love. Maybe they're not. I don't know. The West is starting to kind of take shape. I thought you were going to say because it's kind of cloudy. Weather's not good. I don't know what it's like it's up there rainy. in the Pacific Northwest, but I, I guess looking at it now, it does look like a I little... that's why you would say that. No, yeah, it's just good day to talk mm. basketball with Kevin Pelton, ESPN NBA insider. Joining us right now on the Arizona Sports Line. I don't know what the weather's like in his neck of the woods, but Kevin Pelton is joining us here on the Burns and Gambo Show. What's going on, Kev? Uh, it's starting to clear up a little bit. We might even get uh, some sunshine by by the time the sun sets. So hopefully, <laughs> you're in Seattle, right? Or are you in Portland? I can I can never I, remember. Yeah, in Seattle. In Seattle. Okay. Well, I, I, the sun this time of year, the sun does not make very many appearances. So I hope you get some kind of I hope you get some kind of sunshine. So a week ago, when the Kevin Durant trade came down, I believe you were doing your grades piece for ESPN.com. You gave the Suns an A, if memory serves, for this acquisition. From player, from the marriage of a player to a scheme and a team, how perfect is this marriage of Kevin Durant coming to the Suns? I mean, I think the beauty of Kevin Durant is, you know, he works in basically any scheme with any set of complementary players around him. That's how malleable his skill set is for a superstar player because of the fact that he's such a great shooter. He's a dangerous threat off the ball. He doesn't need to play constantly with the ball in his hands. But, you know, it, it kind of amplifies a lot of the strengths the Suns already had in terms of their, their shot making, uh, particularly how lethal they are from mid-range. You know, Brooklyn had been... Durant was healthy, the greatest shot-making team. I think they were on pace for the greatest shot-making season If you, uh, in the history of the, the camera tracking data that goes back to, to 2013-14, according to the second spectrum metrics. And you know, Obviously, Phoenix with, with Devin Booker and Chris Paul already had a lot of that skill, and I don't know that you could have, ever have enough of it. So, yeah, I mean, I, I going looking back, I may have been a little over-exuberant just in terms of it was a high price that they paid in terms of Mikhail Bridges, Cam Johnson, Jay Carter and the draft picks, but uh, at the end of the day, you got Kevin Durant, you're right there with a chance to win a championship, and, and that's why I think this is a move the Suns kind of had to make. What'd you give the Nets? What was, what was your grade with them? I, I gave them a B originally. I think I would probably revise that upward looking back. Because, <laughs> you know, to, to, yeah, I mean, especially yes, after Mikael Bridges goes off the other uh, last night or, or two nights ago or whatever it was. Uh, I, to get the players that they did and get all the picks, like it is a larger return than we've seen for even, you know, at least on paper, Donovan yeah. Mitchell. We didn't know that Lowry Markkinen was going to do what he's done and become an all star in Utah. But, you know, certainly Rudy Gobert with the other comparable trades where we've seen a team give up this many first round picks. Mikhail Bridges and Cam Johnson are, are more valuable players to have than, than those guys, but uh, in, partial, in part because of the fact that Durant is just at a higher level than Gobert and even Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, Mikel is so good. Forty-five the other night for the Nets. You know, we we have an appreciation for him watching him every day, day in, day out. That I don't think other people in the country really understood how good of a player they gave up. I want to ask you about Window One and Window Two because the Suns' Window One without Durant, it was like it was open, like there was a chance to win a championship, but you, you just don't know how when that window was going to close because of Chris Paul's age. Window Two was a window that had Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, Cam Johnson, Mikael Bridges. 
Bridges and all those draft picks to use for somebody else. That window is severely damaged right now because it does seem like all their eggs are in one basket to win either this year or next year because of the age of Durant and Paul. Agreed. Yeah, I mean, I think you're certainly, this was a conversation I remember Zach Lowe having when LeBron went to Cleveland and they decided, you, you referenced Kevin Love earlier, you know, they decided to trade Andrew Wiggins for Kevin Love that, you know, maybe your your window wasn't going to be quite as long as it could have been with Wiggins given his age, but it was going to be wider open because of the fact that, you know, it was going to take Wiggins a while. And, and in his case, he probably never has gotten to the level that, that Kevin Love played at early in his career in Cleveland. And uh, it was going to be wider open at first, and, and lo and behold, they you know go to the finals the first year, win the title in year two. So I think it's you know th- this is a much more extreme version of that. But I think one of the reasons this trade made more sense for the Suns now than it did in the summer is with DeAndre not taking a step forward this season, despite the absence of Devin Booker and, and you know Chris Paul kind of taking a step back in the offense. I think it was a little harder to convince yourself that this was going to be a championship contender, you know. In a few years when Chris Paul wasn't part of the mix. Kevin Pelton from ESPN, our guest here on the Burns and Gambo Show, frequent guest of ours to talk NBA. We always enjoy having Kevin on the show. So, um, and I know you can't assume health, but just for the hypothetical purpose of the conversation, assuming health, are the Suns the best in the West? And if the answer is yes, are the Suns the best in the NBA with this roster? Who who do you have better than them in the West and just in general right now? I have them healthy atop the West. And, you know, I may be guilty guilty of underrating how well Denver can play in the playoffs. Uh, they've, they've certainly been terrific in the regular season, done everything you could have hoped with Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. back in the lineup. But defensively, you know, there are still question marks about them. I think you get in a playoff series. You know, they're, they're better equipped to defend Phoenix in some ways than they were a couple years ago when they were so sharp handed in the backcourt in that sudden sweep. But then you add Kevin Durant, it only exacerbates kind of that that ability to knock down mid-range jump shots that's going to make it very difficult for the Nuggets to play their preferred defensive style with Nikola Jokic. Now, they've been experimenting with different schemes in the regular season, and certainly we're going to see those in the playoffs. But, uh, you know, all of that said, if it's a Phoenix-Denver matchup and both teams are at full strength, I'm picking the Suns. I I still would have Boston and Milwaukee, I think, as the the top two most likely teams to to win the championship overall, maybe maybe that's you know Phoenix gets in that mix when you account for the fact that only one of those two can win the East. Uh, you know Milwaukee in the last twelve games here in this twelve game winning streak going into the break has gotten to the offense that we thought they maybe could have and, and didn't when Chris Middleton was out of the lineup and they were struggling to make shots. And then Boston has still start to finish. I think been the best team in the league this season. So they, they're those two teams are deeper than Phoenix. I think that's you know and then they just aren't trying to incorporate a superstar midseason. I don't think that prevents the Suns from winning a championship, but it does make it a little bit trickier. I'm big on styles make fights. So if you go with that philosophy, take the nuggets out of this. But if styles make fights, who has the best style to put up the best fight against Phoenix? Is it the, is it the Clippers? Is it the Warriors? Is it what team do you feel would match up very well with them in a playoff series? 
Yeah, it was interesting to to see the Clippers obviously against the Durantless team last night, and that would, I mean, that one would be tremendous fun because of the way that the Clippers play defense. You know, the number of switches you'd have, to, which which matchups does Phoenix look to exploit, that sort of thing, and you know, you, you've just got strength on strength with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George matching up with Kevin Durant and Devin Booker, two great individual scorers going up against two of the better wing defenders in the league. Uh, I, I think Boston, if we're expanding to the entire league, is probably the the team that's best equipped to handle Phoenix because uh, they're also you know extremely versatile defend defensively, capable of switching a lot of things. And then I think offensively they've got a better chance of making Phoenix pay for some mismatches because they're not as quite as you know ISO dependent as the Clippers can be at times. All right, real quick, leave us with this, Kevin Pelton from ESPN. We we've been talking about it, a mild debate about it. Should the Suns be interested in Kevin Love, or should they be alarmed? No. Should they be alarmed by the fact that a team that's in contention in the East is buying Kevin Love out? What do you think the interest level should be here? I, I think there should be some interest because you definitely see, like, when Durain is out of the lineup, they get awfully small at times. And, you know, I, I don't know that Kevin Love is a better player right now than Tory Craig and Josh Akogi or giving the Suns great minutes. I think that's something that's, you know, overlooked nationally when people talk about that this is kind of a, a four-player team because, you know, uh, that there's not as big a drop-off from DeAndre Ayton to those next two guys as people might think. But uh, still, to have someone who is, you know, 6A plus can stretch the floor, uh, I, I think would be useful. I now the danger with buyout guys is always, you know, that you feel obligated to play them over somebody who might be a better matchup in a playoff series. And you know, I think in that in that scenario, when individual defense becomes more paramount, you're probably going to want to be playing guys like Craig and Akogi and not Kevin Love. And you know, even T.J. Warren would be out of him in the pecking order. But to get through the rest of the regular season, I think he could help them. Interesting, Kevin. As always, we appreciate it, especially this late on a Friday. Thanks for coming on for a few, and I'm sure we'll be talking to you real soon, okay? All right. Thanks as always for having me. Yeah, you, you got, got it. it. Thanks, Kevin. Always a pleasure having Kevin Pelton on the show, the Arizona Sports Line. He joins us as we're talking NBA. We'll have Kevin on from time to time every couple months or so. We've established a He would redo good. his Nets trade grade. <laughs> he pulled, After Mikhail Porton dropped 45. 45 the other night. Yeah, that's probably yeah. not a bad idea. He doesn't know what his number is, but he knows 45. <laughs> <laughs> Innings Festival is back. Two-day music festival coming up next weekend featuring Eddie Vedder and Weezer and Green Day and The Offspring. It's at Tempe Beach Park. It's February 25th and 26th. Go to the contest page at ArizonaSports.com for complete details and your chance to win tickets. New names have been put on our radar as the Cardinals look for both an offensive and defensive coordinator. We'll update the search next on Burns and Gambo. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons 2 till 6 on Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. All right, things could be potentially moving very fast for the Arizona Cardinals now that Jonathan Gannon is the head coach, kind of as we expected it to be. I mean, let's be honest, the Cardinals, there's no disadvantage to being the last team to hire a head coach. There's no rush, except when it comes to filling out the staff. You kind of have to hurry a little bit, right? Because you're going to hire guys, but you're going to hire guys that you, like everybody that's being interviewed right now has a tidy, the money Austin for the Jonathan Gannon. Agreed. There's that one guy in this list. Like, you know what? I just saw the, this guy. By, it's it's connection. You want to. Gannon's been in this league. He's young. He's young. But he's been in the league for 15 years. The kid was 24. He was 24 years old. He was a kid when he was coaching in the NFL. Mm-hmm. He's got connections. 
Monty's got connections. They're going to fill this staff with people they know, people they trust. You have to. You have to. You have no choice. Yeah. You want that. You want people that are going to be loyal to you, people that you trust. You're going to give these people's, people promotion. Somebody's going to probably be a first-time offensive coordinator, first-time defensive coordinator. You're giving them that opportunity. They're going to be loyal to you, and, and you're hiring people that you know that you've had your eye on. This is a fraternity type of thing. After a while, you, you know, you've been in the league. You've got your eye on a few people. So I don't know that that, that whole discussion about being last. And you're going to be last on the pecking order for what coaches you're going to get. I mean, not really, because everybody's hiring coaches that they're familiar with. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess I'm only thinking of uh, like an Eric Bieniemy. Okay, he's going to be the offensive coordinator, yeah. assistant head coach in Washington now. If there's a guy that he wants and a guy that the Cardinals want, you kind of want to move quickly to get the guy before Eric Bieniemy does, right? Like, I'm, I'm thinking of an arms race like that, where if there are still teams out there looking to fill positions, and you've got a guy in mind. You just want to make sure you get him just before he goes somewhere else. Just what's the likelihood that the enemy would be looking at the same guys that Gannon's looking at? Oh, I don't know. I can't answer I know that. What I'm saying. I, I don't know if, for sure. If, I mean, there's a chance there, at There's least. a chance. It might be one guy or so. But for the most part, the majority of the staff's going to be filled out with guys that you're not, you're not interfering with another group. So here's there's a lot of names out there. We'll throw as many as you, at you as we can. Uh, understanding that I think we've kind of identified who probably the two favorites are for the two coordinator positions without knowing for sure. Um, offensive, let's start there. Offensive coordinator where it would appear as if Browns quarterback Drew Petzing is the leading candidate for this job. Uh, Albert Breer reported last night that Petzing was going to interview for it today over Zoom. He called him at the top of Jonathan Gannon's list, called him the front runner for the job, right. and that Arizona could soon have its OC job. Right. There are other names out there as well. Uh, Saints running backs coach Joel Thomas. Interesting name. Permission has been requested mm-hmm. to speak to him by the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, I like him. I mean, I like he, you know, I like the job that he's done with guys like Ingram and Kamara and he's been there for a while and it seems like he's got a pretty good track record and people really like him as a coach. Uh, Drew Terrell, the commander's wide receivers coach. Now, they, they're interviewing him for OC or at least they've requested permission to. I suspect that with enemy going to Washington now, that maybe they could hire Terrell to do something else because he might not have a home on Eric Bieniemy's staff. He could just be part staff. of your staff with something else. Yeah, I mean, yeah maybe. Th- yeah, potentially, right? Something like that. And then the newest name to come up for this one is Troy Walters. Yes. Bengals wide receivers coach. The Cardinals, according to Jonathan Jones of CBS, the Cardinals have requested permission to speak to Bengals wide receivers coach Troy Walters for the OC job. So that's you think, four guys. Yeah, you think of Jamar Chase and how well he's played. You think of T. Higgins. This is a guy that's been in a league. He played in a league for eight years. I don't, I'd have to go back and look what the connection would be. Like, what is, what's his connection, you know, to the Cardinals? I mean, cause he's been, he's been in the, in the coaching ranks for since 2020. He's been on the Bengals. And I'd have to, he's been on the offensive side of the ball since 2009. He was in a couple of college jobs, Texas A&M, UCF, Nebraska. So I just don't know where the connection would be to, to either Monty or Gas. So that one's an interesting, there might be a connection somewhere. I just can't, I can't, I can't do the Kevin Bacon thing with him right now. Does, the seven degrees of separation. The, uh, the only NFL experience he has is with the Bengals, according to a, the pro football history website that I just looked him up. 
up on. Uh, his only coaching experience in the NFL is with the Bengals, and I don't think that gives him a connection with anybody yeah. in, in terms of He actually Cannon. played for the Arizona Cardinals. Troy mm-hmm. Walters did? Yeah. Played for the Arizona Cardinals. One year with the Arizona Cardinals as a player. I don't remember him. Mm-hmm. He was on the... 2006 Arizona Cardinal football team. The Texans also asked to speak to Walters about their offensive coordinator job. They also spoke to Cliff Kingsbury about it as well. They ended up hiring Bobby Slowick. And you mentioned all the, the college coaching experience for Walters. Uh, Indiana State, Texas A&M, NC State, Colorado, UCF, and Nebraska, etc., etc. I, I don't mean to repeat, but you had mentioned that as well. So that's the offensive coordinator's job. Now, is it possible that Petsing gets the job and some of these other guys get other jobs. Yeah, sure, it's possible. Right? They, they, you can't. They, they can't all be OC, and certainly some of them might be if they're making a move that isn't quite lateral, where you get a little bit of a promotion, maybe a little bit of a better title to justify moving over. Then maybe some of these other guys could end up on the staff as well. Now, defensively, here's the latest from Albert Breer: Arizona's defensive coordinator interview with Bears linebackers coach Dave Borgonzi got moved up to tonight. It will start shortly, and that was a tweet that came out about 45 minutes ago. Breer writes, the Cardinals' interest is very real here. Gannon and Borgonzi know each other well. Eagles linebackers coach Nick Rallis is another prime candidate for the job as well. Borgonzi seems like a really good name because of the guys he's worked with, his time in Tampa, was he done with the Bears. Um, this looks like a really good name that, you know, that, that – could end up being a good defensive coordinator. A lot of people like him. He's, you know, his brother is uh, an assistant GM, I think, with the Chiefs. And you look at his pedigree and where he came from. He was with Dallas, then with the Bucks. And you look at the guys like Levante David that he worked with. There is a lot of people that feel like he's on the fast track to being a coordinator. Yeah, uh, linebackers coach with the Bears. He followed Eber Flus uh, from uh, Indianapolis to Chicago. Uh, he does have a, a good resume for. For a young guy, um, so it's that's kind of where things stand right now. I would fully expect by the time you and I are back on the air Tuesday, we we have we we're doing local programming, but Gamble and I are off because of the President's Day holiday. I would fully expect by the time that you and I are back on the air Tuesday, the Cardinals have an offensive and defensive coordinator, and have probably started to fill out the staff with other positional coaches as well. Yeah, we I talked about think. this yesterday. You do need to go and and qualify with the Rooney Rule. You do have to hire, you know, uh, interview minority candidates for both offensive quarter and defensive coordinator. So you get those interviews f- filled. But if you have guys that you've targeted and you feel like you're going to hire those guys, then I would imagine you're right. By Tuesday, we'll be talking about the staff. The staff will fill out very quickly. Yeah. And, you know, maybe by the end of next week, they'll have the majority of those names filled out. Uh, now, associate head coach, wide receivers coach, Sean Jefferson, he is departing the Arizona Cardinals. Josina Anderson reported that about an hour ago. That's not really much of a surprise there, I wouldn't think. Of course, yesterday we saw the Vance Joseph was released from his contract. Haven't heard anything yet about Vance and interviews in Denver or Philly. I think those are the only two teams left that have a defensive coordinator job open other than the Cardinals. Well, we think the Broncos are going to go Rex Ryan. Do we the, still think that? You know what? I haven't seen a thing since that okay. report came out 24 hours ago. Right. I haven't heard anything new at all about whether Rex Ryan is so, actually the leading candidate. So the Broncos don't have a defensive coordinator. So they could go Rex Ryan. They could could they bring back Vance Joseph? You know what? It, <laughs> uh, honestly, I, I, I looked this up yesterday. Yeah. It's not unprecedented. I think it was... Oh, this is interesting. I think it was 
Gunther Cunningham, who was the head coach for Kansas City yeah. and came back to be a coordinator years later, even though that was the team he had been the head coach for. So there, there's precedence here. Like in the past, probably doesn't happen very often, but there have been circumstances, at least one, where a guy who was a head coach somewhere years later came back to be a coordinator. Like right. there was no ill will. There was no, hey, sure, we'll bring you back. You can be the defensive coordinator. So it has happened before. And the Eagles, the Eagles job for Vance could yes. be a possibility. So those could be the the two possibilities for him. Potentially. Yeah, potentially. We'll know more, I would think, when the weekend is done or during the weekend. When we come back, last night's Suns lost. It was just a regular season matchup. Who knows? Maybe the Suns had one foot out the door with the break looming. Those Clippers are poised to be a potential postseason problem. Or maybe not. That's next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. Paul George into the forecourt. He and Terrence Mann have led the way for the Clippers with 26 each tonight. And he'll dribble out the final seconds. That'll do it. And the Clippers win it. Final score 116-107 to 107 here at Footprint Center. That's what it sounded like here on Arizona Sports. If you were watching the game on TNT last night, they, um, and we don't, unfortunately we don't have the sound to play for you because TNT only posts like their post-game show and things like that. There was a really good halftime conversation that Shaq and Kenny and and um, EJ and Charles had about the Clippers, but we kind of had zoomed out and, and looked at it from the perspective of every team in the West. Basically, their argument with, with the Clippers was it's a team that's capable of going on a deep run, or it's a team that's capable of getting bounced in the first round. Yeah, welcome to the Western Conference. And they wouldn't be surprised if either. And you know what? You're, when you really think about it, you can probably say the same well, thing about a, just about every team in the West. The first thing I thought of when they said that, they were just talking about the Clippers. They said they could, they could be out in the first round or they could make it to the Western Conference Finals and maybe win it. I said, yeah, but that, that's the same with Golden State and the Lakers and it's the D- Denver and Sacramento. I mean, some of these teams I don't think can make it to the Western Conference Finals, but can da- you know Dallas could be out in the first round. They could make it to the Western Conference Finals. Yeah. You know, Golden State could be out in the first round or make it to the Western Conference Finals. Same with the Lakers. I think almost every team that you almost every team in the West you could say that about. Now there's some like I don't believe that Sacramento can make it to the to the to the finish line. I don't think Sacramento can make it to the finals. I don't think Memphis can make it to the finals. I, I don't really think Dallas could make it to the finals, but I suppose they could. I, I think they did last year. I know. Well, they made it to the Western Conference Finals. I was talking about the NBA Finals, but right, but, like winning the West. But like, okay, his point was Western Conference Finals. Okay, is, he was talking is there Western a team Conference. in the West that? That you could look at and say, there's one of the two, these, they can't do both of these. Be out in the first round or make it to the Western Conference Finals. Dallas can make it to the Western Conference Finals. I thought we were talking NBA Finals. If we're talking yeah, Western, Conference, Western Conference Finals. Conference finals. I, I think the opposite, or we talked about this earlier in the show, and, and here's the thing. I, I don't really, if you look at the argument this way, I don't believe there's a team in the West that is immune from getting bounced in the first round of the playoffs, and that includes the Phoenix Suns. And that includes the Denver Nuggets. And, and I'll, I'll, I'll frame it this way. Suns end up with the fifth seed. The Clippers are the fourth seed. That's the way things are right now. Would you guarantee for sure the Suns are able to advance past the Clippers in the first round? 
I couldn't sit here with 100% certainty and say the Suns will beat the Clippers without any doubt in my mind. There's not enough Kleenex in this town for a first-round ouster for the Phoenix oh, Suns. Oh, it'd be a disaster. It'd be, it'd be a, it would be a disaster. Well, although you brought up, uh, you know, and it's... it's you brought this up. Kurt Schilling? Kevin Pelton brought this up. The Kurt Schilling comp. Now, he didn't bring up Kurt Schilling, but I'll, I'll explain it in a minute. You mm-hmm. brought up the Kurt Schilling comp. They go out, the Dimebacks, middle of the 2000 season, they get Kurt Schilling, thinking he's going to be the guy who puts him over the top. Eventually, he did. He just didn't in 2000. No, the next year, they won it all. He, Pelton said the same thing about Love when LeBron went back to Cleveland. Yeah. Like, they thought Kevin Love was going to be the guy who put him over the top. He did, eventually. Just not in the first season. It didn't. Now, are we going to be satisfied with a championship next year? We all want it this year. But, yeah, there's going to be a ton of Kleenex in this town. There's going to be a whole lot of crying if the Suns go one and done in the first round of the play. I don't think it's going to happen. But if you're going to sit here and tell me the Suns are going to play the Clippers in the first round of the playoffs... I can't tell you can't. I can't say it's impossible for the Suns to not lose in the first round of the playoffs. They might, depending on the matchup. I don't know. Yeah. I be uh, you're right. It's matchups. Golden State might be an eight seed and have to play Denver in the first round. Good luck Good with luck. that if you're Denver. Like they, we know, the Warriors don't care about the regular season. You can complain all you want. Draymond can complain all he wants. They, but when the postseason comes around, if they're healthy, they're going to be a hell of a tough out. It's matchups you know, for sure. It's, it's matchups. matchups. It's styles make fight. It's matchups. You asked that exact question of Pelton about a half hour ago. Yeah, and you said styles makes fights. Who would be the team that you would worry about if you're the Suns? Without hesitation, Clippers, 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 Clippers. That that because Kawhi can defend anybody. Mm-hmm. George can defend anybody. They've got those two guys who can both score. They've got size now with Plumlee and Zubach. Man is a terrific player for them. He's got. Uh, they got Morris. They've got. They've got a lot to offer. Um, you know, so I do think that that's that could be a tough matchup if they're healthy. If they're healthy, they won the game last night, but the Suns didn't have Kevin Durant. Like, so I do think that that's a tougher matchup. So yeah, if you've got to play the Clippers in the first round, the Warriors in the first round, heck, if the Lakers get in and you got to play the Lakers in the first round, and LeBron and AD are healthy with the additions that they made with D'Lo, they could be a tough first out for you. Yeah, they could. I don't. I wouldn't expect that the Suns lose to anybody in the first round, not even the Clippers, but it's not, I'm not betting a house payment on it. Nope. I wouldn't expect it either. And, and we're not doing this segment to like offer a warning or anything like that. We're just looking at it as objectively as we possibly can. Every team in the West could be, almost every team in the West is in that category that Barkley and Shaq put the Clippers in. And that was my only point on this. Barkley and Shaq put the Clippers into that. You could be out in the first round or they could be in the Western Conference Finals. You could say that about just about everybody yeah. in the you know what? But I think the first time we talked about this, we started the conversation by saying Denver's immune from this. Phoenix is immune from this. They will not lose in the first Until round. Until you looked at who the teams and, that and are it, coming out to play and in. And when we started talking it out, we're like, you know, on second thought, Denver's not immune. The Suns aren't immune. D- depending on who they play and how the matchups go and all things like that, it's it's. I don't think anybody out West is pretending. Now, I do think there are teams, like we talked about, that their ceiling is not the Western Conference. Final and, and I really do believe Memphis is in that group. I, I just Memphis, I don't. Sacramento, yeah. probably New Orleans with the injuries that they've had. Those teams that are battling Utah if they get in. There's a few teams that can't get to the Minnesota but, can't get in if they get in. No, they're, but they're Denver, be Phoenix, Dallas, the Clippers, the Lakers, the Warriors. Am I missing somebody? Denver, Phoenix, Clippers. 
Warriors, Lakers. You got them all. If you're excluding six, six teams, Memphis, Sacramento, New Orleans, Minnesota. Yeah, you've got the biggies. Six uh, six teams. That okay. could be out in the first round or they can make it to the Western Conference Finals. So, Jim, just saying, their point of their conversation, could they could have put another team in there and it would have been the same thing. Yeah, yeah. It was the Clippers make me very nervous. They, 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 yeah, now, th- here's the thing about them, though. They've got, I think they showed the graphic last night during the game. They've got 500 the teams. Toughest schedules remaining, and they, they do not play well against teams that are good. They typically don't no. play well, well against they have, teams that are good. Right. Remember, they haven't been healthy That's all year. Yeah, but I actually think I, I think I wrote down that stat with the Clippers. I thought I did that they struggle with teams out of five hundred, and yeah, maybe I didn't. I, th- I th- like five and twelve. I think was the record. But again, how much of that was without Kawhi? How much of that was when Kawhi was hurt, or when they were managing Kawhi's minutes? And here's look. I promise you the Clippers are going to do the same thing the Suns are going to do, or at least should do. They're going to manage Kawhi's minutes the rest of the season. Right, like they can ill afford to have him miss anything come playoff time. They're going to be very cautious with Kawhi minutes, Kawhi Leonard's minutes the rest of the year, as the Suns should do with Chris, as the Suns should do with KD, as the Suns should do with a lot of their guys. You got to be careful. Listen, the Clippers are on the verge of having what happens to, to the Nets happen to them. You put two superstars together, and you don't win anything. I mean, when they put when that when that owner put those two guys together and everything they gave up to go get Paul George. Like, you know, they thought that they'd win a championship, but they're close to being what the Nets are and maybe having the whole thing implode on them at some point. If they like if they get knocked out in the first round this year, who knows if that team stays together with Paul George and Kawhi? Leonard. Yeah, who knows? It's it, it will have that feel of a failed. And that's the one thing that makes you nervous, too, if you're a Suns fan a little bit. Man, for all this talk about a super team and putting a super team together, man, the NBA is just littered with super teams that failed. You know, where they tried, they and it's just littered with it. Oh, here's my note. The Clippers are 10 and 20 versus teams ranked over 500. Okay, there it is. And they're 23 and 8 versus teams under 500. How many of those games were with Kawhi, without Kawhi? We don't really know. I'm sure that impacts that. Yeah, I'm sure that impacts that number to a certain extent. When we come back on this Friday, he said it himself. The new Cardinals head coach sees a lot of himself in his, quote, elite quarterback, close quote. That's next. Burns and Gambo. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Burns and Gambo. What's on tonight? Nothing. Huh. Nothing. I mean, unless this celebrity basketball game. Oh, my game. God. This is the, I actually, during the commercial break, they had a... Uh, I actually wrote this down. I couldn't believe how bad... It was like the Ruffles four-point challenge. Uh-huh. Where they had all of these guys were shooting three-pointers from that Ruffles line right there. Uh-huh. uh-huh. They shot... Every, everybody shot like three, four, and only... Two times did the ball go in the basket. It was one. The final score was one to one. I'm not, and I'm not joking. The ball was shot about fifty times. I'm not kidding. I'm not. You know something? I'm not exaggerating. Like Albert Pujols is playing in this game. Fifty times the ball went up in the air. Two times the ball went into the basket. It was a, it was an absolute embarrassment. <laughs> I guess it's all in good fun. The All-Star celebration is underway in Utah. And, wow, Albert Pujols, an NBA jersey does not flatter that man. If you looked at that guy right now, you didn't know he was honest. Yeah, you'd be like, look at that guy. This is not a good look for Albert. No. 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 (laughs) 
<laughs> I mean, I, look, full disclosure, I wouldn't be any better. I'm just saying that that's not that's not a good look right there. He looks like he. He looks like, he looks he's, like he's enjoying retirement. He looks, looks like, like he's like, enjoying retirement. He looks like, hey, I'm retired, man. What yeah. do I care? He looks like he's enjoying some retirement. And I'm in the seven home run club. What do I care? Well, I care if I gain 20 pounds. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to live life to the fullest now. I've had a good life. He was uh, always a bigger guy. But you're right. A basketball jersey on a guy like that doesn't bode well. Doesn't. Like, like me, I would... I would never wear a basketball jersey unless I had a shirt on underneath it. Like people who wear a basketball jersey and just the jersey. Yeah. You have to have a certain kind of physique to pull that off. I ain't got it. I'll tell you that right now. I'm only wearing a basketball jersey if I've got a shirt or a hoodie on underneath it. Short sleeve, long sleeve, doesn't matter. What doesn't matter? Just some shirt underneath it. I can't, I wouldn't dream of just walking into work one day and I'm wearing a. <laughs> a tank top what do you jersey. what do you wear under your Dario Saric jersey? I don't have a Dario Saric jersey. Oh, okay. Well, my birthday's coming up. Has, he, like play, has he played yet? I have no idea. When is your birthday? March fourth. March fourth. Yeah, it's coming up. Okay. Not that you, you don't give me a Dario Saric yeah. jersey. Unless they have them discounted at the team shop. At <laughs> no, I'm serious. Like if if the next time you're at the team shop, there's a Dario Sharich jersey for ten bucks. I'll take it. Right. Yeah. I will say the Bridges jerseys on the first night that it was without him, they were forty percent off, and then the next night he dropped forty five. So maybe that was a sign. See, I honestly, know. I would totally buy a Mikel Bridges jersey on sale from a team shop. One hundred percent. I don't care that he's not on the Suns. Dario anymore. played one game. Wes played one game. Good for him. Give me the stat line. Oh man. Give me the n- 14 minutes, 4 out of 6 from the field, 1 out of 3 from 3-point range, 3 out of 3 free throws. He had 12 points and 5 rebounds and a steal Hi, and a Dave. win over Houston. Hi, Dave. It's Dario. Dario kicked some butt for Oklahoma City. Good for him. Dario got 14 minutes off the bench, 4 out of 6 from the field, 12 points, 5 rebounds and a steal. Good for him. I can't wait for his I'm back memo. <laughs> I was on a... Uh, I don't think you're going to get one I got, of those. I got to say, this, I don't know what we're supposed to talk about here, but I want to say, I was, on a, I was on a radio interview last night that our boss set up for me. So I did a radio interview with some, uh, some group. I think it was CBS Sports. And they asked me a question. They go... Cam Johnson's a restricted free agent. It doesn't seem like he loves being out there. Any chance the Suns would make him an offer to bring him back? <laughs> I'm like... Ugh. The math just doesn't work because yeah, $25 million for as long as they're paying Chris Paul, Durant, Book, Aiton, like if they sign Cam Johnson for $25 million, it would cost them like $75 million. Yeah. Like it'd basically be three for one. Like if you paid him $25 million, you'd actually be paying him like $75 million. So the math just doesn't really work. And they were like, oh, because he does love Phoenix and uh, he just, you know, I don't know that he wants to, that he would be in Brooklyn long term. I go, look, it's Sounds great, but like they'd have to get rid of one of their high-priced guys in order to bring him back. It was, so it was an interesting note from Dwayne Rankin this morning on AZ Central, um, and it makes perfect sense. But I guess Cam Johnson was at the facility yesterday. Yeah, they were, him and Mikael both to pick up their stuff. Yeah, they got to pick up their stuff. You know, they're like, hey, All-Star got a, break, got yeah. a week off. It's the All Star break. Yeah, come pick up my stuff. He, he was there with like an empty suitcase <laughs> to grab his stuff when it was all said and done. You couldn't have got no. They couldn't have sent that stuff out to you. Oh, they probably could have, but he's probably like, hey, I'm coming home anyway. You know, just grab, come in and grab stuff. Say hi to the guy. Guys and all that stuff. Shed a couple um, tears. There is locally. There's nothing on tonight uh, in terms of the local teams. Tomorrow you've got Utah at ASU at four. You've got Colorado at Arizona at six. You've got the Coyotes in Vegas taking on the Golden Knights at eight thirty. Yeah. That's coming up tomorrow. I just go home, look up in the sky, and see what kind of foreign objects we're going to shoot down later. <laughs> Everything's flying over America. <laughs> 
Hey, look, it's a UFO. You know what? If that's what you're doing for kids and giggles on a Friday night. Oh, I kept hearing about all these objects that are flying over. We've got to shoot down all these objects. I would suggest to you Uh, to go do something else. I need a, uh, what's that thing called? Not a binocular. You need a hobby. It's called a hobby. You need a hobby. What's the the thing that you look up in the sky with? A telescope? A telescope. I got to get a telescope. See what's flying around. What are they? I thought be- his modern day technology was off, but his prior day technology. <laughs> I got binoculars. I don't think I can see anything with that. But I don't think you. What are they going to? What are they going to shoot down and bring to Area Fifty One? I don't think you'd be able to spot one with a telescope either. You think there's like guess. aliens at Area Fifty One right now? <sighs> no. You don't believe so? No. I do believe in life in other planets, but not I don't think here. Area Fifty One like no, like if they shoot down that. an object and then they. And then they bring what, the, they, they bring the the body yeah. of the alien to Area Fifty One. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't think that's what's going on. I think there probably is. Are these the things you talk about at your house? In your home? Are yeah. these? Are yes. These, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Good. Area I just want to just gotta know what I'm dealing with. Just gotta know what I what. My wife totally thinks there is too. Okay. <laughs> totally thinks that there's aliens at Area Fifty One. Do you see these things flying around? You don't think they're UFOs, like or something like? What are these things that are flying around at these unbelievable speeds and like, you don't believe in UFOs? I, I, I said I believe in life on other planets. Mm. I just don't believe they're flying in our skies above our heads right now. I don't. They're very high. <laughs> I knew this was coming. But see, Mitch spent all that time on the morning show. They used to get in this conversation all the time. I, I mean, they, they used to talk about UFOs and life on other planets and all that stuff. Yeah. I believe in extraterrestrial life. I just think it's on another terrestrial and somewhere else it's not here they're out there somewhere they just haven't come to see us yet they've come to check us out and not yet i don't, I don't think so I don't, I don't believe they've come to check us out yet but i think maybe eventually they will one of these days um we've got a minute left i don't really think we have time to get anything i think we're you're the show driver i'm sorry i brought up the <laughs> no it's alien you, thing you don't need to, you don't need to apologize i just uh i, I wasn't expecting the alien conversation you know didn't think yes. we were going to have that one of those conversations that came up with the the new the, and on the news we've got these objects that are flying down we shot one down and like shot maybe, another one down and we don't because, know what they are and maybe it's just because we're well i mean if we're shooting okay let's say they are aliens from another world and we're shooting their stuff down we better be careful piss them off yeah, right, that's exactly right right yeah. we're gonna piss, if, if that's really the case we're gonna start really upsetting these people or whatever might be they upset. are mm. it's gonna do it for us that wasn't our best segment to end the show with <laughs> we're out of here we'll see you uh tuesday straight up two o'clock have a, have a great night, everyone. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go. Go.